The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, Make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, on today's show, we've got Chris Shad. He writes for us here at the Viking Age, as well as a number of other online publications. He's been on the show in the past. So uh, just welcome back, Chris. Hey, Adam, how's it going? How are you feeling after that loss? <laughs> um, I think I'm doing better than Mike Zimmer because it seemed like, uh, <laughs> you know, someone ran over his dog or whatever after the meaningless exhibition game loss. But, um, yeah, let's just get right into it. The Vikings lost their preseason opener on Saturday, 33-6 to to the Denver Broncos inside U.S. Bank Stadium with some fans. So that was that was nice, at least. Uh, 30 players set out for the Vikings. Most of uh, most of the people who are expected to start in the regular season did not play. So, Chris, well, just, just like what can we even take away from the Vikings' loss on Saturday? So, the first takeaway that I had was that this team is screwed if it suffers any kind of injury. Because... Right, right. The Vikings basically treated this as a fourth preseason game. They mm-hmm. took out all their starters, and you can look at that and go, well, don't the starters need reps? Don't they need to get repetition? But the way the cuts that the are set up this year, the Vikings have to go down from 90 players to 85 by Thursday. Mm-hmm. So what the Vikings did actually is really smart because they said, okay, if these backups are going to play, 
they're going to play against starters. So having everybody go out in the fourth preseason, I guess now it would be the third preseason game, but mm-hmm. having everybody out in the third preseason game and having them play against the backups is meaningless because they're not going to play against that team. They're going to play against uh, the first string like Denver trotted out on Saturday. Right. So they decide, hey, let's get a look at these guys and see what happened. Now, the results weren't pretty. I mean, you can be as negative as you want to about what happened on the field. But here's the thing that's really good for the Vikings. And this is why it kind of got twisted into a positive. The Vikings getting their ass kicked on Saturday is a way to tell Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, this roster is not good enough for 2021. And they didn't have this opportunity last year because you blindly marched into the preseason or regular season with Holton Hill, Mike Hughes, yeah. you know, Jaleel Johnson, all these guys that clearly couldn't play, but they didn't see that because they didn't have any preseason games to trot that out. So you go into this game, you get flattened. Now you have 160 players on the waiver wire starting on Thursday afternoon. Yeah. And you can bolster your idea. You can cut You can cut down to five if you want to. I know we were just talking two players that were not Dakota Dozier actually got <laughs> cut right before we came. So it doesn't really matter. But the, that's still two extra spots where the Vikings can go, okay, we like this guy that just got cut and this guy. Let's bring him in. Let's see if he can play in our system and if he can do any better than what we have. Because the Vikings have a lot of needs as far as depth goes. And yeah. I think that Saturday really exposed them. So in turn, it's a good thing they got their ass kicked. Yeah, I think um, that's a good that's a good viewpoint to have on it. That they, you know, they ha- they have to cut guys by Tuesday, so they might as well just evaluate these guys against the top competition. When you know, if they're going to play in the regular season, that's who they're going to be going against. Now, um, I believe the Broncos they rested pretty much their f- entire first string defense, so the the Vikings not being able to score on that defense is a little, you know, questionable. Um, but at the same time, it's Jake Browning. He's not, you know, he's an undrafted guy that has barely played in his any of his career. Um, and then, so on the offensive side, I think they had six of their 11 starters that are expected. The Broncos did. So you had like Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, um, and some other guys. And they wanted to see how those guys would work. And obviously the Vikings either just didn't care that they were playing or they just had another objective. But I'm looking at it like Mike Zimmer after the game being like sounding so disappointed uh, with the way guys played and everything. And I'm like, but you rested 30 guys. Like, what did you, what did you think was going to happen going against? Cause they scored. I, I, I think they scored like most of their points in the first half when guys like Teddy and Drew Locke were in there. Cause the Vikings only allowed, I think seven points in the second half because they had, what, like third stringers going against third stringers. But in the the first quarter and most of the second quarter, that wasn't the case. And I think Zimmer was disappointed because he thought that some of these players had taken a step forward. Remember at the beginning of training camp, he came out and said that this team looked really good to him. And a lot of the players that they added pushed the other guys down and he thought that would improve everything. It would improve their depth. It would improve their special teams. And clearly neither of that happened. Nobody played well, especially against the first stringers 
where, like I said, if people get hurt, that's who they're going to be playing against. They're going to be playing against KJ Ambler and Cameron Bynum can't mm-hmm. blow an assignment and lead to an 80 yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's why Zimmer was so upset because now they have to go back to the drawing board and it's a long process, but it's better to do it now than to do it in the regular season when you've lost a couple of games and go, oh crap, we're in this huge hole that we can't get out of. Do you think the Vikings, though, should have played at least some of their starters, maybe like some of their offensive linemen who are kind of on the bubble, like Ali Udo or something like that, or or maybe at defensive line? Uh, I know Weatherly played, but maybe you have – did DJ Wanham play as well? Yeah, I think he did. Um, just some of, the, some of the other guys that are maybe new, maybe Xavier Woods or something like that, just to see – get them some reps on the field with, with an actual game. I think some of the guys that were in flux and maybe in roster battles should have played. Like I, I was intra I was uh very confused as to why Rashad Hill didn't play. Right. Because right. I think that would have been a guy that you want to get out there and see what you have, considering he's probably gonna start first month of the season. Oli Udo is another guy too that I would have liked to seen out there just to see what he looks like, see if he's better than what they have in the second mm-hmm. string. I think a lot of you know, guys kind of got that day off on merit as opposed to, you know, what I mean, anybody who was listed on the first half of the depth chart basically got the day off mm-hmm. and the players that weren't had to play. And I think that, you know, I'm not making excuses for Jake Browning, but I think that mm-hmm. if you had maybe a starting like Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen shouldn't play it. I, I didn't have a problem with that. Dalvin Cook shouldn't have played. But, I mean, a right. couple of guys on the offensive line, give him some time. See what he does when he has time to make a throw or do anything like that. But yeah, when like you're Ty- playing a, behind. A guy like Tyler Conklin, he he should have played. Right, Like, like right. He's not, he's yeah, not the agree. top tight end, but he can yeah. play. Give him some one or two that he can yeah. play, again, play with and – okay, if Jake Browning's throwing to a decent wide receiver, he might be pretty good. I don't think that was the case because I think that Browning checked down a lot. I think he looked very skittish in the pocket, and I think he had some issues once uh, he was in real game action. But um, I think that maybe if you did have a starter or two up there, maybe somebody that was competing for a job, that should have meant. I, I I think the Vikings did the right thing. I think they dialed it back a little bit too much, but that's yeah. like a fine balance to run at this point of the preseason. Yeah, like they didn't even have like Chad Beebe didn't even play. Like what? Why? Yeah. Do, why doesn't? Why isn't he playing? He he hasn't done anything. <laughs> he hasn't done because anything. he's immortal. Yeah, uh, uh, he's apparently in, he's immortal. There will be a nuclear bomb going off, <laughs> and it'll just be Chad Beebe, Dakota Dozier, and Marcus Sherrill sitting yeah. there, and just yeah. like, hey, that's a cockroach. I smoked his uncle once. Can you believe that? <laughs> Um, so both, we mentioned Browning and both him and Kellen Mond played for the Vikings on Saturday. Um, neither did really well, but who do you think had the better performance if, if you can even pick one? Between Jake Browning and Kellen Mond? Yeah. Um, probably Kellen Mond. Yeah. Like, and that's weird to say because I think there were a lot of uneven plays, but that was to be expected for someone who just got off of COVID and only had three practices practices on her belt. Yeah. I was glad he definitely got in because when they said they weren't going to play him, I'm going like, "Uh, I don't know, but he, he got live reps. He got his feet wet. Um, He looked better as the game went on. I think when he got in there, he was very 
skittish, but Mm -hmm. he was starting to get comfortable by the end. And the Vikings were doing things that made him comfortable. They ran some RPOs in there. Uh, They ran a couple of zone read plays using his mobility. I think you can definitely see what the Vikings have in terms of a vision for their next quarterback after Kirk Cousins. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the Vikings did a good job of putting him in his position to succeed. Mm -hmm. I just don't think he's ready yet. I I don't think he belongs in an NFL game. And, um, you know, if Wap Filer um, gets a fifth foot in bounds, he's got a touchdown. Hold on to the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that. It, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I mean, there were some good things. There were some bad things. Um, I'm not convinced he's the quarterback of the future, but I think, I think he did. Okay. I think he looked better than Browning who maybe had a little bit more expectations because of how his camp has gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mon. Yeah. Looks very raw. Um, I hate his throwing stance. I hate how he holds the ball. Like that robotic, just like I, he's taught. I think he was, yeah, he was taught by Jimbo Fisher who uh, also did like Jameis Winston and, and some other people who, who also do something similar where they just had this robotic, okay, I have to hold the ball up like in this position to throw it. And no matter what, when you look at guys like around the league, like Brady or Rodgers, they just, they don't hold the ball up there. And it kind of, I don't know. It just, he's got to fix that. Like that bothers me. Every time I see him drop back, I'm like, you got to fix that dude. Like someone's going to slap the ball out of your hands. And I think the NFL throwback actually tweeted a video of Aaron Rodgers highlights from his first preseason. Just like that. And like, you, yeah, you saw the same thing that Mon does. He throws mm-hmm. from the shell. He keeps it right up here and it yeah. has to stay there the entire time, like a youth football quarterback. And Rodgers was able to kick that habit, obviously, and become a Hall of Famer. I don't think that's in Kellen Mon's future. I right. would love to be wrong on that. Right. right. But I think that. You know, I think he's thinking too much. And I think that's kind of why he's a third round pick as opposed to a first round pick because he needs coaching and he needs development and everything else. So I think that as he gets more reps and as he gets more time with the Vikings, I I think that he'll start to look better and start to figure it out. Yeah, I also saw, I think it was after the game where Zimmer was talking about how he's got to be more vocal and stuff and be take more initiative or whatever and after and Mont someone asked Mond about that and he was like, Oh, I, I don't really know what Zimmer's talking about. You're like, I, I'm good at that. And I'm like, dude, just like just be quiet and listen to your coach. Like don't <laughs> don't don't argue. Don't, this is not the time to like be right. You're a rookie. This guy, Zimmer has been in the league for what, thirty years. I think he knows what he's talking about. We already have one quarterback coach like yeah. all going on right now. We don't need another. Especially like you, you're a third round pick. Man, like you, you can be cut this year. You're not like, you're not your your spot is not guaranteed on this roster. <laughs> it's unlikely that you're going to be cut, but like, don't don't start getting cocky because you were a third round pick. Um, all right, so next week at least some of the Vikings starters are expected to play against the Colts in their next preseason game. Um, how long do you think they should play next week? If they play at all, it, it, it depends on their <laughs> roster status. Like a right. guy like Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson shouldn't see the field. I think no. I think Kirk Cousins should get in there. Yeah. I, I think yep. that he lost a lot of practice time, and I think those reps would be very good for him. Um, I think that you know, like we said, Rashad Hill should get a little bit extended run. I think Oli Udo should get some extended mm-hmm. runs. See what they have there. Ezra Cleveland. Um, 
Yeah. I, I think most of the guys, if you're not in that tier where it's just like, Hey, just save them for the regular season. I think they should play a series or two. I, I don't think they'll play like the entire first quarter or something. Cause like we're, we're approaching the time of the year where they normally would have the third preseason game and it'd be the dress rehearsal. So, right. um, I think that's probably what we're looking at is, you know, the Vikings will get their starters in a couple of series. And if you're on the bubble with your starting spot, I think they'll play a little bit longer, especially after what happened on Saturday. Yeah, I'm curious to see how teams treat that third preseason game because it is the final preseason game, so you don't want anyone to get hurt. But you also have a two-week break um, in between that final preseason game and your next regular season game. So you guys, you don't want guys to maybe take three weeks off if you're only going to play them in the second game. Or maybe you do. Like, you know, Sean McVay, he's not playing Matthew Stafford at all, he said, in the preseason game. But then I saw something today where it listed all of the, like, the number of players that were held out of the preseason by team. And I thought it was very interesting that the Chiefs only held out 11 players. Patrick Mahomes did play. And the Bucks only held out eight players. So I'm just looking at it like, why why is it okay for these two teams who went to the Super Bowl last year to just be like, oh, it's okay, they can play. But then we look at a team like the Vikings who ho- holds out 30 players, a lot of which are unproven. You look at guys like Irv Smith and Chad Beebe and some other guys and you're Alexander Madison, you're like, like what what did they do to like deserve this this recognition or, or ability to sit out? Um I, I don't know. I think it's the Vikings knew what they had going in. I mean yeah. they could sit there and press conferences and be like, oh yeah, Chad Sir it looks great or whatever. <laughs> and like when it comes to the game, they probably knew, holy crap, we don't have any depth. And it's like, okay, well, let's see how they play in games. Okay. Like I know Zimmer Zimmer likes practice more than games, but let's see how they do in games. Maybe they respond better in that situation. And what wound up happening is they did not respond. No. <laughs> they didn't respond at all. They were just like, eh. But so, I mean, I think that if the Vikings were to suffer an injury in this game, like you look at the Bucks and the Chiefs, they have plenty of depth. Yeah, I, I mean, they have plenty of players that can step in and go into a key role. If um, if Justin Jefferson gets hurt and he already has, right. Vikings are screwed at receiver. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, if if uh, Patrick Peterson goes down at corner, I mean, you can't really say they're all golden. Right. Especially, so let's say Harrison Smith like breaks his uh, leg yeah. in that yeah. game yesterday. Like you're going to rely on Cameron uh, Bynum and Miles Dorn who can't tackle anyone. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's just a case by case basis where the Bucks are like, all right, let's get him some run. And we got plenty of depth. If something happens, it happens. But I, I think it's just a preference of the coaching staff. And really, I think a lot of teams are just flying by the seat of their pants on this. Yeah. At the end of the day, I, it's preseason. It really does not matter. I always go back to this. In 2008, the Lions went 4-0 and in the preseason, and then during the regular season, they went 0-16. So, preseason Didn't the, really the does not matter. Too, yeah, right? I feel like the Browns are dead, too, when, whenever they lost all their games. Um, so, yeah, preseason yeah. does not matter. I know Mike Zimmer's like 20-5 and or whatever, now 20-6. and That's probably why he was really mad yesterday, actually, because his, his preseason record it has another loss on it. Um, but it does not matter at all you're these guys are getting in there just to get reps see who can do some stuff in a live action game you know we saw when stefan Diggs his first preseason game and some of his action in the preseason that allowed him to 
kind of maybe move up the depth chart or even just make the team um, in 2015. Uh, maybe not play until, you know, the third or fourth game, but uh, I, we don't need to talk about that. Um, so Teddy Bridgewater played yesterday, former Vikings first-round pick. He played after Drew Locke. What do you think uh Teddy's performance? You know, this is going to sound really weird, but every time I see Teddy, I just have like Whitney Houston like playing in my and uh, <laughs> Is you Mike know, Zimmer singing there? Everybody. Yeah, you know, I always I always joke. I don't know. I've never actually seen the bodyguard, but I know there's like a scene where like he's carrying her. Yeah. She gets like shot or something. He's yeah. like carrying her out. Like I just imagine that's how like Zimmer was with Teddy after he got hurt. Just like, <laughs> we need an ambulance. He's just in there like, oh, my leg. <laughs> like, I, it's probably not funny to make that joke. But I, I mean, like, it is now. like, it's been long. You enough. Got, if you're a Vikings fan, I think the only reason you might not like like Teddy is because you just expected more from him in yeah. 2015 before he suffered. The you expected injury. him to be a Patrick Mahomes. Right. Yeah. You expected him to be that franchise quarterback and you just didn't see it because of the external circumstances surrounding him. I think that my, my thing with Teddy is that he just seems like a good human. You know what I mean? Like some kid tweets at him and he's like, Hey, come to my birthday. And Teddy's like, okay, cool. I'll show up. (laughs) Like, you know, it's, it's just, he just seems like, like earlier this week he was playing catch with Adam Thielen's yeah, kid and like doing dives and like mm-hmm. Denver's like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. We, <laughs> we need you to like, shoot. No, what are you doing? Not on a but Minnesota I, field. I mean, you know what happened last time? Yeah. <laughs> on a practice field. The groundskeepers probably yeah. got a different job than the one yeah. they had that day. But right. um, I, I just think, I just think he's a good dude. And I think that when he came to the game, he got that standing ovation. From yeah, the fans. Yep. I, I think that last year when he came, there weren't any fans. So Right. Uh, he was kind of, I don't want to say robbed of it, but I mean, he didn't get that warm welcome that he deserved. And even this time in the stadium was what half full. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's cool to see Teddy back, especially after that injury and even playing football. Like the surgeon oh, yeah. said, like his injury looked like somebody that had like a war wound or something. Yeah. Like it got blown off by a grenade. Almost so, lost his life. I, yeah. Like, kind of like I, the Alex- Maybe a little slightly less worse than the Alex Smith injury, but still pretty very severe. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll always cheer for Teddy. I mean, even <laughs> that's why I laughed when we played the Panthers. I think it was a uh, very crucial game in playoff seedings. Mm-hmm. And my friend sends me a, the end scene from like Road to Prohibition, or mm-hmm. what? I can't remember the name of the movie, but like you know, they're sitting there dark, and all the guys are getting shot up around them, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, like he comes out of the darkness and. Uh, he just looks at him and goes, I'm glad it was you. And then he shoots him dead. No. Like, like I, that's how I felt about Teddy. I'm like, well, if Teddy's the one to end this. It is. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, he's just a good human and a good dude. I don't know him personally. I mean, I covered training camp. He was standing right next to me. I'm like, oh, it's Teddy. Like, he just yeah. has this cool aura about him that you just want to see him succeed. Um, so I'm just curious about what your opinion might be, but. Did the Vikings win more games in 2021 with Teddy Bridgewater or Kirk Cousins? Wow, that's <laughs> tough. Because I, I, I had this conversation with my friend. Because I was going on and on about Kirk. I'm not the mm-hmm. biggest Kirk supporter, but I, I know he's... Who is? He's a good, Who is, he's really? a good quarterback. Like, he, he puts up good stats. He, you know... I, I think... Here's the difference between the two. I think Teddy is a better leader than Kirk Cousins. 
Oh, I think when sure. you look at Teddy Bridgewater, he's a guy that can get guys behind him just because he's a good dude and everything. Mm-hmm. A guy like Kirk, I mean, you look at that press conference he had a couple of weeks ago with the vaccination thing. It's like, oh, what, what? happened? I, I missed it. I didn't see yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> he stood in front and said something about putting himself in a glass case. Like, uh, yeah. he just has this. He just has this, and this is outside of that press conference. He just has this weird vibe about him that's very corporate or very high strung. Like you hear those words tossed about Teddy's. I mean, they call the guy gump because he's great under massive pressure. Yeah. Like Kirk's never had that distinction. And you know, the Kirk stands will shoot back with, well, he made two throws in that playoff game against new Orleans <laughs> without really remembering that in that fourth quarter, the Vikings ran the ball almost every play to make sure Kirk didn't screw it up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm dodging the question here. I'd say Kirk yeah. I but I think it's a good situation for Teddy to succeed because mm-hmm. if the defense is good, if the offensive line is a little bit better, which we don't know about it and we mm-hmm. won't until the next week, and you have high quality receivers. I mean, he he won games in New Orleans in that situation. First half of last mm-hmm. year, he won some games with Joe Brady before the league caught up with him. I I think I don't think you would ex- essentially like bomb with Teddy, but I think that Kirk's just a little bit better for this team. And I think he's a little bit more gifted athletically in terms of arm talent than Teddy is. Yeah. I think to me, I think it's, it's pretty even. I I think the Vikings would probably win around the same amount of games with either of those guys. And that's disappointing because of how much money they give Kirk cousins. And I'm also curious uh, about Teddy last year and his performance, because he didn't have Christian McCaffrey um, for pretty much the whole, whole season. And I wonder how much if he would still even be with the Panthers if if McCaffrey was healthy for most of the year because that's that's a big loss that's like if you know the Vikings don't have Dalvin Cook you know mm-hmm. they're gonna play a lot worse and uh, the, the Panthers did obviously because Christian McCaffrey's a very good player so I just think yeah I, I don't think the bar in terms of obviously Cousins can put up much higher stats we know that but but Teddy's not gonna turn the ball over he's not gonna put you in terrible situations if he doesn't see a play there he's not going to force it he's not going to have that game you know like Kirk did against the Falcons where he really was pretty much the reason why they lost that game um Teddy's he's not known for having those games where he puts his team in bad positions if anything he's going to just throw the ball away and give your team another shot and I think that's probably a big reason why Zimmer liked him also because he cost a lot less and he could get more resources for his defense. Um, but, yeah, I, I I don't really see a big difference in terms of how many wins the Vikings can have with either of those guys. And some people might be like, oh, look at his stats. Look at Teddy's stats. He's way worse. And it's like, that's not the kind of player he is. He's not a stats guy, but he you're going to win with him. Just There's there's a lot of players like that around the league. Uh, before we go, though, SummerSlam is next Sunday. <laughs> I think it's in what the Raiders Stadium in Vegas. Yeah, uh, which yeah, will be it's over interesting. Allegiant. Yeah, yes. it'll be interesting to see if they are they filling it up. Are they? Is there a capacity limit or? They're filling it up, but I think everybody's got to wear a mask. Yeah, I did. So, I did see that. Um, yeah. See how how much that's uh, enforced. Uh, any predictions? What might happen? I know we got already. We got what Roman Cena, Lashley Goldberg, blah. Uh, Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair, Edge versus Seth Rollins, and some other stuff that no one cares about. I'm, I predict I'm going to be pretty bored watching this. Yeah, like overall, like 
So Cena and Roman is cool. I, I'm not really upset of that. But I mean, I look at Lashley and Goldberg and I just think, is this the best you can do? Yeah, who cares like, really about that? Like, and I think I think what happened is Brock said no. Brock Lesnar, former yeah, Viking yeah, legend, yeah, yeah, um, was just like, I'm not fighting Bobby Lashley. So we're there. <laughs> Sasha and Bianca was a match. That'll probably that, be the best one. Or Edge and yeah, Seth Rollins, I feel like. Their their match was very good at WrestleMania. Seth Rollins and Edge uh, will also be very good. I like the storyline they've kind of decided to go with there. So that's that's a highlight. I mean, WWE right now is kind of a hot mess. Because yeah. they said, I, I don't even know if it's a hot mess. Because you see these guys getting released left and right. Like Bray Wyatt mm-hmm. got cut. Mm-hmm. Um, Stroman. Alistair Black got cut. You're seeing all these guys jump to AEW. Mm-hmm. And... It's honestly a better product. Like NXT, like that even blows my mind with WWE right now because they cut a whole bunch of people there. And there's these rumors that it's just going to become like this big, like half body building pseudo development uh, mm-hmm. thing now. Um, it It's just really weird over there. And I mean, I'll put it this way. I had my fantasy draft on Friday or uh, over the weekend, actually. For football? And uh, for, yeah. In, I was gonna say not for wrestling. Yeah, not wrestling. That'd be that'd be intense. I was in a fantasy wrestling league once. <laughs> My friend wanted to do it. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. It was kind of so like fun, up, but like looking up spoilers yeah, before looking up rumors and picking guys up that way. But um, <laughs> but no, I I recorded Rampage, which is AEW's new yep. Friday show, yep. and Friday Night SmackDown. And the first show I watched was Rampage because basically SmackDown is what are they doing with Roman? Yeah. And then maybe you watch and you see what's up with Edge. And, you know, like I said, the Bianca Sasha storyline's kind of cool. But I, I mean, right now it's just a one storyline thing. And I mean, it could be a lot better than it is. But I mean, a lot of the surprises that WWE has had planned have kind of fallen flat. And, I don't know, like uh, some of these rumors with CM Punk and Daniel Bryan going to AEW, it's just more exciting. Becky Lynch has got to be coming back though, right? You feel like? SummerSlam? Yeah. I I mean, I'm surprised she's not back. Granted, you know, having a kid obviously is like better than, you know, straining a muscle or like Mm -hmm. some kind of normal injury. So, I mean... Take all the time you need, but takes a toll on your I, body, though. That's for sure. Yeah, I de- I definitely thought she'd at least be on TV by now, right? Like, just kind of walking around, like, "Hey, I'm gonna fight in another month," and like, kind of hype it up. But right. she hasn't been anywhere to be found. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you think they're selling? Because I've talked to uh, I've talked with Adam Carlson about this on here before in the past. Do you think because uh, of all the stuff, all the people are unloading? Do you think they're possibly getting ready to? Sell like Vince McMahon's getting ready to give it up, or is he gonna just keep it in the family? Um, I don't know, and I, I mean, it seems like he's delegating a lot of the day to day decisions to other people, yeah. Like Nick Khan's, like, he's pretty old, wasn't he? In the 70s, ah, late 70s, maybe early 80s, yeah. He's getting up, I mean, uh, it, uh, I I don't know. I, I mean, it sure seems like he's planning on doing a lot of different things and. I, I don't, when things like that happen, it seems to go to somebody else or mm-hmm. he wants to pawn it off and have them kind of mold it in their creation. So the NXT stuff kind of pushes me in that direction, but um, I'm not sure where that's going to go. We'll have to wait and see. That's all I got 
for you today, Chris. Where can people follow you on Twitter? I am at the real Chris John, and then you can follow my podcast at the Homer Horn. Um, I'm hoping to do more things with it. I it kind of gets lost in the shuffle, the podcast one, but um, yeah, I, I mean, looking forward to the season starting and getting some good stuff for all of you guys that follow me out there. For sure, go check his account out. Go check out his podcast. Subscribe to this podcast on the Spotify app and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time. We will talk to you later.